United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. We've also been watching very closely what's been going on in Hong Kong. President Trump noncommittal. I hope it works out for everybody, including China. I hope it works out peacefully. hope nobody gets hurt. I hope nobody gets killed. I hope nobody gets hurt. I hope nobody gets killed. Uh, the president also yesterday backing off on the tariffs with China, but the relationship between the U.S. and that country are quite tight right now. Uh, the relations in a state of, as it's been described by some people, in a state of free fall, not since before President Nixon went to Beijing in 1972. Let's get perspective from Jake Stokes. Jake is the United States Institute of Peace Senior Policy Analyst for China. He's the one who wrote those words, and he is joining us tweeting at Jacob Stokes. Jake, welcome back. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Tim. Just in general, the U.S. and China right now, I mean, this tariff war seems to be the example that most people are pointing to. Um, what what is the challenge right now? Is this a um, is this a Donald Trump, Xi Jinping fight? Is this something more serious than that? Well, there are a number of challenges, but uh, one of the challenges is that China has this sort of basic credibility problem. Uh, going back a couple decades, there's been a string of violated agreements that the U.S. and China agreed to earlier. And then uh, China later backed out of. So this relates to uh, Hong Kong. It relates to territorial disputes in the South China Sea on hacking and cyber theft and about certain parts of the World Trade Organization. So because of those agreements um, being violated, um, it's going to be hard uh, for U.S. and Chinese policymakers and leaders uh, to come to new agreements and then to be able to uh, keep those agreements over time and really build trust. There's been a sense that China can outweigh the U.S., at least wait until after the election next year. But President Trump took some action yesterday. Was that a blink on his part or how would you characterize that? Um, I think it's, you know, my sense is it was a step intended to revive the negotiations with the Chinese without fully stepping back. Um, One of the challenges here is it's not exactly clear um, what the goals on either side are. You know, in some ways, China wants to return to the status quo. Um, But on the U.S. side, it's not clear um, whether we just want to address the trade deficit, whether we're trying to fix some more structural issues about China's economy, or whether we're trying to uh, tank the Chinese economy writ large. And some more clarity on some of those goals uh, would show us more about why individual moves make sense. It's not just about the tariffs, Jake. Uh, Jake Stokes with us from the United States Institute of Peace. And I noted a story. I, you heard the president at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, it's kind of hands off on Hong Kong. Hope things go fine. And uh, Hong Kong, they've been more concerned about the heavy hand of China. And a report yesterday, a spokeswoman for the foreign ministry in China claiming that recent comments from Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, and Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, have uh, been designed to incite chaos in Hong Kong. What do we make of those accusations? Um, That's kind of, I I think that that's really nonsense at the end of the day. Fundamentally, the people in uh, Hong Kong are trying to secure their rights um, that they've had as residents of that city, um, you know, for decades now. So that's really what this is about, is people trying to protest um, and petition their government for their own rights. Um, related to President Trump's tweets on the topic, um, in the sense that he didn't really want to take sides, uh, certainly not the sides of the protesters in Hong Kong, uh, primarily because he's focused on these economic issues uh, and wants to maintain enough of a relationship and leverage 
um, that he can uh, put that towards the economic uh, negotiations and trade negotiations rather than try to, to push on Hong Kong. The worry about that is without a warning from the U.S. president that Chinese uh, President Xi Jinping might act more forcefully than he otherwise would have because he expects fewer consequences. So I think that's the risk. There is one other question of whether or not this is a sort of a, a, a prelude, if you will, from China, because it seems very similar to what had happened prior to Tian- Tiananmen Square, the language being used, et cetera, and that is that they are sort of setting the stage for more aggressive action to quell demonstrations in Hong Kong or any pushback they get. Yeah, and the you know the Chinese people or the Chinese leadership is deterred in a lot of ways because after Tiananmen, um, they were isolated internationally. Um, a lot of countries... Uh, broke ties with them. Uh, the U.S. put sanctions on many of the leaders. And so they want to avoid a situation where their actions cause a real break with the rest of the world. But at the same time, you know, they want to quell the protests in Hong Kong. So they're trying to strike a balance. Um, but as the protests, um, you know, carry on for months and weeks at a time, they're going to, the, the leadership in Beijing is going to feel more pressure and try to act more forcefully. And that's what you've seen um, over time, including the signaling that they've had by amassing uh, forces on their border with Hong Kong. Uh, again, we have Jake Stokes with us from the United States Institute of Peace, senior policy analyst for China. And again, much of the conversation has been focused on the trade and tariff war between the U.S. and China. But this this uh, sort of integration of China into the, any conversation about North Korea, has the U.S., has China been sort of decoupled from that conflict between the U.S. and North Korea now, or are they still a part of that broader conversation? Yeah, you can't, it's really impossible to decouple China from and separate China from the North Korea conversation. You know, they, they share a border, and at the end of the day, uh, 90% of North Korean trade uh, goes to China. China support, you know, gives them oil and other essential commodities that keeps North Korea, the North Korean state alive and, and functioning, even if it's functioning poorly. And so there's no way to deal with North Korea without China. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to uh, you know, give concessions to China so they'll give concessions to us on North Korea. Uh, but it's important to understand the China factor in that problem. Back to one other question uh, before we wrap up, and that has to do with, as you characterize in your piece, uh, China with its mounting trust deficit because of its broken promises to the United States and several other countries. China, typically in the United Nations, when it comes time to weigh in, a lot of times they will say, you know, we're not going to get involved in this because this is not our business. We just withdraw from this. And with their mounting trust deficit, did, did, who, would, who would you call their allies around the world? I mean, unless it's just a united against the United States in a particular case. But do they have uh, allies that uh, you would look at as strong allies for China? Uh, China doesn't have allies in the way we think of them in the United States, but they have, uh, you know, sort of partners in in seeing the world the same way. And and primarily that's Russia, uh, that's North Korea, it's Iran to some extent, um, and Venezuela in its own own way. Uh, But really, at the end of the day, uh, the U.S. alliance network is the the thing that gives us a major advantage uh, over China in the world. Is President Trump's strategy or his tactics toward China working, or are they going in the right direction or not, in your estimation? Uh, I think the jury is still out on that. Uh, at the end of the day, I think there's a bipartisan consensus that we needed a tougher uh, China policy, um, you know, partially because we had these attempts to negotiate agreements with the Chinese that they didn't hold up. So uh, the question is really about uh, have you calibrated the policy right? And on some areas, I would agree with them, and on some areas, 
uh, less so. But I think overall, the hardening of, po- of policy towards China uh, makes basic sense and, and really has widespread support. I think just different tactics uh, would be the difference between the two parties. Jake, thank you for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Jake Stokes. Jacob Stokes. Uh, you will find his name underneath the piece that we were referencing. You'll find it at DefenseOne.com, China's credibility problem. Jacob Stokes, senior policy analyst for China at the United States Institute of Peace. You'll find him on Twitter at Jacob, J-A-C-O-B, Stokes, S-T-O-K-S. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.